Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your host, Miss Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. And it is called Real Reading Talk because I like to keep it real, keep it straight, 100, no chaser, keep it a buck, all those terms that we know in the black community that we have used and that we have heard uh, when it comes to uh, getting information or anything of that nature. You know, we don't like that sugar toe, uh, sugar uh, coat. All right. We like that real talk. Okay. And, um, and again, like I said, uh, the main reason why I uh, wanted to start this podcast is for empowerment reasons because we have to continue again, like I've said in previous episodes, and by the way, this is episode uh, 33, I believe. Um, I got to go look back. I apologize, y'all. See, 32 or 33, (laughs) y'all. But anywho, I started this podcast for empowerment reasons, all right? Because I want my people, and I'm talking about my black folks, I want us to value reading, We got to get back to our roots of valuing reading. We come from a community. We come from a heritage in which literacy has always been a part of our legacy. And if our young people don't learn that so that they can understand that this is where they come from, they are going to continue to look at reading as something as a chore something that they cannot stand, something that is hated, something that they have a disdain for. And we can't let that happen. We have to be educated ourselves. We have to understand our history. The first university that was created was the San Cory University, which is in Timbuktu. There were people who came from all over the globe to go study at the feet of the scholars in Timbuktu. Black people, we have a history of literacy, of reading. That oral tradition, that is African. Just like you know, for those of you who grew up with your grandparents and your grandparents start telling you stories about how when they were, you know, back in the day and in the South a lot, because as we know, a lot of our our, our folks were part of that great migration. And so they, you know, had to leave the, the more racist South to come up to uh, the more racist North, all right? And, um, and they have a lot of stories to tell. And so that right there is literacy. When you were sitting on that porch or you were sitting on your, your grandpa's lap, you know, or you were in the kitchen, you helping uh, Big Mama and she's preparing that Sunday meal. And she starts telling you about, uh, you know, y'all y'all snapping them peas together. Or, you know, you got to clean them greens. All right. You got to shred that cheese for that macaroni and cheese. All those different things. And she's telling you those stories. All of that right there, that's literacy. She's carrying, she, all she's doing, just uh, remembering what it was that she was taught. That gold stems all the way back 
to the beautiful continent of Africa. And these are the things in which our babies need to know about. That's called empowerment. Because then they begin to understand, oh, wow, man, I come from a history like that. Oh, that that's what that's all about. Oh, my goodness. And so they begin to feel validated. They begin to feel valued. And so that's why it's, in very, it's very, very important, uh, number one, to make sure that we are continuously talking to our children. And if you're not talking to them, if you find yourself always frustrated, if you find yourself, you know, always feeling like you don't have time. I just want you to start saying, you know what, if I can make time for the different things that I like to do when I like to relax and chill. I need to make time when it comes to talking to my children, listening to my children, not just always talking, listening to them. When you are asking them about how was their school day, don't just ask them like in a routine type of way. Okay, so how was school? Okay, all right, what, what'd you get on that test? All right, did you get on green? Oh, okay, what happened? You know, don't, don't ask them questions in like an interrogative type of way. Ask them questions in a genuine type of tone with love. You know, so how was, how was your day? Put that big smile on, even if you frustrated, even you got mad because you just left some, you know, uh, your job and it was some racist manager trying to uh, lie on you, trying to, you know, make you feel like you are, um, that you were, you were not doing what you were supposed to do. Try to put all of that to the side and visualize your beautiful daughter's face, your handsome son's face. And when you look at them and you ask them, you say, how was your day? How was your day? And they, and, and you know, a lot of times they are going to answer. It was cool. It was good. Oh, okay. Can you, I, I really want to know what was one thing that was good? What, what made you feel good? Now, some kids, some of your kids, you know, they would be like, hey, man, she, <laughs> why she all trying to be all, you know, getting all detailed about that's all right. But you start doing that enough. They're going to be looking forward to that pretty soon. It's not going to be no. How was your day? They're going to be like, oh, yeah, guess what? Oh, we did this. You know, we were uh, we were dissecting this. You know, we went outside today. You know, we got a dope teacher. You know, this black man, you know, he was telling us, you know, about Diff, uh, different parts of black history and all of that type of stuff, then that's when you want to get your child to start opening up. But first, you got to do the work. First, you got to show them that you are genuinely concerned or genuinely wanting to know, I should say. All right. So that's that's the kind of spirit that we want to start uh, developing uh, when it comes to our children's mindset and connecting it with reading in a way that is pleasurable, that is um, about seeking knowledge, that is about empowerment, uh, that is about freedom. So those are the things I want you to hold on to. And I want to uh, also, it, with this particular episode, I just wanted to uh, share with you all something that I had learned uh, when I was listening to an episode of In Class with Carr. I've talked about this 
uh, particular show that I like to listen to on YouTube, please check it out. 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Uh, Professor Hunter, Professor Karen Hunter. She is a professor at Hunter College <laughs> and she is teamed up with Dr. Greg Carr, who is the professor of Africana Studies at the Howard University. And they have started these classes because of COVID, right? So they have started these different classes where he would talk about different people in history. He talked about Paul Robeson. Um, you know, he would uh, or talk about contemporary issues like he would talk about uh, the thing, you know, dealing with uh, the critical race theory, you know, whatever contemporary issues that are happening. And also he would connect it with different things in history. And it's all unapologetically black. And this brother here, like I've said before, he probably has at least 100,000 books. All right. And so one of the things that he talked about in his episode, he said it so simply, but I held on to it. And I said, "Ooh," I said, I cannot wait to talk about this. And I'm going to keep it brief because it's not really it's really not something I have to delve into like that. But I felt it was important because I said, ding, I said, wow, I said, this is so what's up. He said this. He said, reading begins in the reread. <laughs> yeah, y'all. Right. And they're like, wow, that's deep. But really, reading begins in the reread. And when he said that, that's how I felt. I was like that. I was like, wow, man, that's deep. And what made me think of the first thing I thought about when he said that, I was like, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Hello. I read that book twice. Now, I'll, I'll say this. The second time when I read it, I didn't get a chance to finish reading. Uh, I think it was the epilogue. All right. So, but, you know, I, I was committed to rereading that book. And when he said that, I was like, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And so I just wanted to bring up the three points um, that, and, and these weren't three points that he said. These are just three points that I came up with, but it's an extension of what, the message that he was saying in terms of reading begins in the reread. All right. So uh, if you guys want to grab a notebook and pencil or pen, whatever it is that you write with, you can just jot this down. And the first thing that he's uh, that I came up with was rereading uh, with rereading. Rather, you're able to read and understand something better the second or even third time you have read it. All right. That's pretty simple. Right. And I, and I think when you guys hear these points, you're going to say these are like pretty much self-explanatory. But you know how stuff is. You know, we may uh, think about things or whatever, but the moment someone else says it, a lot of times it may resonate with us a little more. All right. And then also, too, it makes you realize that, oh, wow, when you're thinking about it and somebody else says it, then you're like, oh, OK, now you have a little bit more certainty in, in your belief. OK. And so and it just makes sense. Right. It's like when you're reading something uh, that second time or even third time around, you're able to understand it a lot more. OK, so you're not you, you're actually able to which I'm about to which makes me go into the second point, which obviously I don't really have to be labor. Uh, the first point is pretty much uh, self-explanatory, which takes me to point number two that rereading does. A lot of times, because when you are reading it for the first time, you're more so focusing on just trying to get through the book. You know, a lot of it could just, you know, you're like word calling a lot. OK, and so you're not able uh, to digest it. 
So in rereading, rereading helps you to be able to digest what it is that you have read. Okay, so it helps to help you uh, be able to uh, understand it more, digest it, and you are able to resonate. You're able to uh, you're able it's able to resonate with you a lot more because you're doing a reread. There are things in which which brings me to the third point. All right. That you may have missed. Okay. so again, so just to to um, well, I'll do a recap after I do number three. Number three in rereading, you're able to notice or recognize something you missed the first time. All right. So you guys see how all three of these are intertwined, but I tried to like just break them up into three uh, things. So, you know, uh, that you all can think about when you are rereading those books. Okay. So a lot of times, as we know, we may read a book the first time and, you know, you got through it, you understood stuff or whatever, you know, sometimes. And then you reread it. You like, oh, snap. Oh, my goodness. And you got your little highlighter. You know, you got your ink pen. You start underlining. OK. And you start realizing like, oh, man, I'm like, I didn't even realize that that that's what that has said. Or sometimes and I've done this, I'll like I've read something. And when I read it again, it made me be able to understand it with a lot more clarity. All right. Or maybe sometimes you had to experience some things. OK, maybe you had to go through some different things or maybe you had, you know, you had conversations or maybe, you know, with some places that you've gone or whatever the case. And then you go back and read that book. You like, oh, my goodness. Like, oh, man, I remember dealing with that or I remember, you know, seeing that or I remember having a conversation with somebody like that. So you go back and read that book and now it makes more sense to you. Now it resonates with you. OK, now you're be better able to understand it a lot more. OK, and so. And also, this is a reminder too, you guys, about not getting frustrated when your little ones want you to reread that book over and over again, because that's what you're doing when you're having, when you're rereading to them that book that they really, really, truly love, you're actually building up their literacy skills. All right. You're actually too putting in them that research mindset, because think about it, researchers Researchers aren't just looking at something one time. They're looking at stuff 10, 20, 30, 40. It, however long it takes for them to be able to get to the point where like, okay, I got this mastered. All right. You know, if somebody's doing research, you know, they're doing a big paper or they're trying to, you know, give a talk on something or, or, or whatever the case may be. They're researching. They're rereading. All right. They're studying like crazy because they want everything to just pop off like bam, bam, second nature. Like what? You know what I'm saying? And that's the kind of skills that you want your children to develop. All right. Because you're not going to just learn something just by just reading it or doing it one time. You got to, As we know, you got to do it over and over and over and over again. And then you figure out ways in which how, you know, you could make it better. All right. You can get stronger or whatever the case. All right. So, again, like I said, um, the three things in which rereading does for you. Number one, rereading something it helps you to be able to better understand okay uh whatever it is that you're reading number two it helps you to be able to uh digest all right whatever it is that you are reading all right so it's kind of like those two kind of go hand in hand all right think about digesting food you know what i'm saying the process that it goes through or whatever all right so that's what happens with the rereading okay so you're able to uh be able to develop more of that clarity 
Okay. And then number three, rereading helps you to notice things or recognize something that you may have missed the first time. All right, y'all. Woo. I hope that uh, with this short episode, I hope that not only um, you guys got some more insight, um, I hope that it is um, also too empowering you, all right, and inspiring you to get your read on, get your read on, all right, read to your babies, okay? When you're reading an article, I was doing that, uh, well, actually, I was reading uh, me and my uh, two of my children I was uh, telling them that they had to read for an hour before they got on their device. And of course, they all, you know, oh, here we go, you know. And so what I did, I don't do this all the time, you know, but I did this this time. Um, the other day, I grabbed my book. I was sitting at the table with them because they were sitting at the table. I grabbed my book and I said, OK, we're going to, you know, so let's set this timer. My son has a little timer. Now set the timer so we can all get our reading in together. All right. And so, you know, those are things in which I hope begins to happen with my people. You know, we really, really got to, you know, put the things that we are saying um, that we want our children to do. We got to put them into action. And a lot of times we have to model it. We have to show them, OK, this is what this looks like. We can't just be so busy in the business of do as I say, not as I do. We got to I, I really hope that and I haven't really seen too many people saying that as much as how I heard it when I was growing up. Do as I say, not as I do. Whoever came up with that concept. I'm sorry, man. If it was a black person who came up with that, that sucks. Like for real. Like, don't say that, please. You know what I'm saying? For real. Don't be telling some do as I say, not as I do. Stop. All right. You know, because guess what? That's what your kids are looking at, what you do. So if you're talking about, you know, um, they won't read, da-da-da, and then they see you a lot just on your phone, giggling and sniggling, you know, at the little videos or whatever you, you may be watching on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it is, and you're not reading, well, guess what? They're not going to want to read either. And then you don't want to be, you don't want to look up and then you'll be talking to, oh man, you know, my baby, you know, they're, they're falling behind and they're reading, you know, the teacher is calling me talking about, you know, they are struggling when it comes to this reading and they got to take this test and oh my goodness, I need help, da, 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 because trust and believe one of the things that I ask when I do my reading assessments and I do it. And again, it's not about judgment, but it is about, we got to hold that mirror up. And I ask my, the, the, my potential students, I say, you know, uh, does anyone read aloud to you? Um, do you uh, read for at least 30 minutes at your house? Do you have books at, in your home? Do you see your, your parents? Do you see them reading? Yes, I do. And again, like I said, this is about us trying to change. All right. We can't be talking about, you know, yeah, we want, you know, I want my baby to be like this and I want them to be reading like that and all that. And then you look up and it's like, OK, but what are you doing to help facilitate facilitate that as the parent, as the mother and the father? All right. Or the caregiver, stepmom, stepdad, grandma, auntie, uncle, you know, what are you doing if you don't have time to read to your child? like a physical book. Y'all know we got YouTube. And please go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. Okay? 
Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll read to your kids. My kids will read to your kids. All right? All you got to do is click whatever video you want. We got a plethora of read alouds on there. Okay? And you don't like one, you're like, oh, man, I ain't really into that one. Okay, well, go click the other uh, hundreds of videos I got up there. <laughs> okay? Real reading talk. So with that being said, y'all, I am finished right now talking to y'all. And I want to end with a quote. And it's so funny. I get ready to do my podcast. And I said that I wanted to end with a quote. And then I look up and then I don't have a quote for y'all. All right. So when I don't have a quote, I just go to the same quote that I've said plenty other times by Walter D. Myers. Reading is not optional. There you have it. <laughs> All right, y'all. I appreciate y'all spending y'all time with me. I try to keep them short and sweet and not talk you to death. Uh, but I do enjoy talking about helping, empowering our black community when it comes to reading. I appreciate y'all for listening in. And also, too, I'm going to let you all know the book that I am reading. Actually, it's a couple of books that I'm reading. Um, I, like I said, I started rereading Selection Perfection, a rock-solid premarital guide for you by Hassan and Naila Clay. All right, that's the book that I'm rereading. The book that I just started reading is Revolutionary Suicide, and that's by our dear brother, Huey P. Newton, and... The other book that I am still reading, I'm halfway through, Black Power and Palestine, Transnational Countries of Color by Michael R. Fishbach. All right, y'all, take care and make sure that you are reading for at least 30 minutes a day. Share, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. Go to my, uh, my website, abclearntutoring.com to sign your child up today if they need reading, tutoring, pre-K through fourth grade, y'all. That's what's up. That's how I do. Share this podcast. Peace.